I just invite you right now on behalf of every single person in this building, I just invite you to invade our hearts. Lord, that you would draw us into yourself, that you would draw us into the beauty of your holiness, that you would draw us into the beauty of your river, that every one of us would find ourselves experiencing you, experiencing new depths in you, experiencing new depths of your beauty, of your loving kindness, of your intimacy, Lord. Father, that what we had yesterday in you was good, but it's not enough for today. That our experience with you, our relationship with you, our intimacy with you must increase day by day by day. Lord, would you let your river flow over every one of us. Yield our hearts. Help us to yield our hearts to the river of your love. That we would find safety in the river, no longer fearing you. For perfect love casts out all fear. For perfect love casts out all fear. You did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Lord, that those right now within earshot, this is a prophetic word for someone. For those of you that have found yourself in fear of the change, in fear of what you think is trying to be made happen to you. God's sovereign. God chose you. God placed you here. God placed us here. Nobody voted anybody in. But the sovereign God moved the chess pieces for you and for me, that we might know his love, and that that love would cast out the fear in our life, that he would move things around, that we would be set free, set free to know him, set free to love him, and set free to make him known. Father, I just pray that even now, that you would shed abroad your love in our hearts, by the Holy Ghost, that the spirit of fear will be driven far and wide from this place, that the peace of God would come, that the peace of God would come, that we would find ourselves in sound minds, no longer fretting to and fro, no longer being divided within ourselves, but Father, the sound mind standing on your word. that we would know the perfect love of our Father. Know the Holy Ghost. Father, I thank you for your intimacy. I thank you for your freedom in this house. I thank you for the new work that you're doing in each and every heart, that you're drawing each of us closer to you. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Glorify yourself in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And everybody said, amen, amen. Awesome. I want to share a story with you as we start taking a look tonight at Holy Spirit, the communicator. So my precious dad is in his mid-70s now, and um, he grew up Cajun. If you know anything about Cajuns, he's French Cajun. And if you know anything about the French Cajuns, we are a stubborn people. 
So if you think I'm stubborn, you should meet my dad. And um, he grew up in this little town, Abbeville, right outside of Lafayette. And, and just to give you a little history on it, you know, his mom and dad, she was 13 when they got married. His dad was 16. They bought their house at that time. And my grandmother lived in that house from the time she was 13 until her early, early 80s when she had dementia. And she was so stubborn that as her neighborhood became the hood, she refused to get out. It's my neighborhood. She even had these precious little people from the neighborhood come by and say, Miss Moore, I don't think it's safe for you to live here anymore. You should think about selling. But she wasn't leaving because that was her house. Her husband bought that for her, and she wasn't leaving. So that's the kind of stubbornness that my family comes from. Now, my dad is Catholic, totally born again, precious man of God. And uh, he knows my story. He knows... Um, he, they found out at my wedding about my crazy story, but they saw me from being um, a little bit uh, wild child to all of a sudden born-again believer. And my dad was one of the first people I called when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit at the state penitentiary in Louisiana. Told him all about my, the gift of tongues and what the Holy Spirit had done for me, and he said, yeah, I don't want to hear any more about it. But he always, um, I'm usually one of the first people he calls when he needs prayer. And so, um, and, and so I talked to my parents um, ever since I was born again, just like I talked to any of you about my experience with the Lord, baptism of the Holy Spirit, and how he flows through me. And so um, this one particular visit, Zach and I go home to see my dad, and my dad corners me almost immediately and gets me in another room all by myself, and I'm thinking, what is happening? And this man was absolutely ecstatic in tears and wanting to know what happened. He said he had gone on his lunch break, it's a couple years ago, and he had gone and had lunch by himself in a restaurant. He was the only person sitting in the restaurant when these three other people showed up. And the three other people looked him up and down before they went and sit down. He thought, well, they're strange, but who cares? And he continued to look outside the window and meditate on the scriptures that he read that morning. And he said, as you know, as he's looking outside, he's meditating on particular things. And if any of you are familiar with Catholicism, they have these specific words that they use that most everybody else doesn't. So he was going over these specific words and stuff. And he said he took a longer lunch than usual because he really just felt the presence of the Lord. And he was getting ministered to and loving on Jesus. And these three people get up and the couple leaves. With this, but this other man walks up to him and says, excuse me, sir. I happen to notice that you're a man of meditation. My dad was like, oh, my word, who are you? <laughs> he said, I'd like to introduce myself. You know, I'm so-and-so. And he was some Pentecostal pastor in the city. And he said, would you mind if I shared something with you for a moment? And, and my dad was like, well, sure. And he began to read my dad's mail. And the Lord had given him words of knowledge, words of wisdom, used all the key words that my dad was thinking, saying, praying, as he was spending his time with the Lord. And so my dad looked at me and he said, what was that? And I said, Dad, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. That's how he communicates, the Lord communicates to us. And he was letting you know that, he, he, that you're on his heart, that you're his favorite, that you're the apple of his eye, you know, and just, and just start pouring out. He's like, where's all this in the Bible? And so I show it to him. And I said, have you told mom about this? He goes, no, I wouldn't tell anybody else but you. They'll all think I'm crazy. <laughs> 
But the, the point of the thing, ma matter is, is that, you know, you're talking about a man in his mid-70s who has lived a full life, who has um, obviously doesn't like change. If his mom lived in the same house for, what, 70 years? My parents have lived in their house for over 40, and they will not move anywhere. And, um, you know, doesn't like change, but at the same instance, as the Lord began to move in his life and he watched his daughter transform before his eyes, you know, and so he kept pursuing the Lord. As the Lord would interrupt his life, he began to find himself yielding more and more to the things of God and to the person of God, to the person of the Holy Spirit. And so I just want to encourage you that, that even though we find ourselves, you know, I've been knowing God for, you know, Miss Jodine's been knowing the Lord longer than I've been knowing the Lord, longer than I probably might have been born, huh? But the encouraging thing is she's still learning and growing and taking people along with her. And that's what all of us want to do. We don't want to find ourselves in our 90s in crusty, old, hard, mad, mean Christians because we've experienced it all. Let's face it, none of us will experience it all on this side of heaven. And so I just want to encourage you to keep pursuing Christ, to keep allowing him to change you, to keep growing in him, and realize that we're going to all learn more and more and more about who he is, who we are in him, and be changed until the day we, we, we transfer to the other side. Amen? Awesome. Y'all get to meet my dad next year. I know. They don't want to do the cold. <laughs> so as we take a look at Holy Spirit, the communicator, we're going to start in Luke 24, in verse 44 and 45, and tonight I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. And it says, now he said to them, these are my words. This is Jesus after he's risen from the dead. We're in Luke, and so he just showed the disciples the holes in his hand. And they really still weren't sure. They were still a little doubtful here. And so the Bible says that they actually fed him some broiled fish and gave him some food to eat. And, and then this is what Christ says to them. These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened the, their minds to understand the scriptures. So here we see the disciples who knew the word of God, who knew the scriptures. They had studied the word. Christ died, raised from the dead and appeared to them, and they still weren't sure and understanding of the scriptures. Isaiah 53, Psalms 22, the prophecies about Christ and his, his, his crucifixion. They still knew the word, but had not yet understood them. Why? Because we need the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in John 16, 8, that the Holy Spirit is the one that comes and he convicts. He's the one that comes and calls us into conviction of sin, of righteousness, of holiness. And so, you know, the women in the jail, I've spent a lot of years in jail, not myself, preaching in the jails. A lot of time in the jails, a lot of time in the prisons. And those women oftentimes, now listen, I, I'm a Bible college graduate. I was dean at our Bible college. I love to study. I'm, I'm a bookworm. Go look at our offices. It's silly, but it's not. We know the Bible, but those women many of times could outquote me. They would know scriptures backwards and forwards. It, I mean, they knew it, but they had a head knowledge of it. They had no reality of Christ in their life. It had not become alive to them. It was history, it was theology, but it wasn't life. And the only way that scripture becomes life to us is through the Holy Spirit. Many people know who Christ was, 
who they know about God, but until the Holy Spirit draws us into the Lord, till the Holy Spirit convicts us, till the Holy Spirit opens the eyes of our heart, verse 45, then he opened their minds to understand scripture. And so we need the Holy Spirit to come and communicate the word of God to us, to make alive the word of Christ. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. You know, I grew up Catholic. I knew those Bible stories left and right. I was in CCD every week since I probably was in diapers. And, and, but the reality of it is my eyes were still blinded until that moment when Christ came into my life, breathed his, his life into me, and all of a sudden the scriptures are made alive. And so we want the Holy Spirit to breathe life over our life, breathe life over the word of God for us. So we're going to take a look the first way that, has, that he communicates through the word of God. Um, Many of you have heard the story, if you've been around a while, you've heard the story that um, <clears throat> Zach and I were um, doing the interview process, and Zach had been inter interviewing for a little while, and I felt God about it, but I hadn't talked to anybody yet at Celebration Church in Akron, Ohio, or anywhere in Ohio, so I wasn't really worried about it, didn't need to turn on to it, it was like, you deal with that. And then next thing you know, the board says, well, your wife's a minister and she's going to be on staff. We need to talk to her too. So she needs to be on the interview today, call today. And I was like, oh, man. And uh, I'm just being real. Y'all know me. Oh, man, here we go. And so um, that morning in church, it was a Sunday morning. I'm like, okay, God, you need to speak to me. You know, I feel like we've heard from you. I feel like you've told us we're going to see your pastor. You know, um, this has got to be all you, or I don't want to do it. I don't want to sit there and waste my time on a phone conversation when I when I have classes I could be teaching. You know, I need to know it's you. And so I'm sitting in service that morning, and for me, things are all good. God speaks to me in a lot of ways, but for me, I've got to have the Word of God. I've got, the Holy Spirit always brings the Word of God, and I know that I know, and I'll stand on that Word all the days of my life. So I'm sitting in service that morning. We had, it was a friend of ours from Australia in preaching. It was the offering message. And he's reading the offering message, and he's in ex Exodus, 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 chapter 3. He's reading. It was like the scripture was illuminated and exploded within me. And I knew, oh, my word, this is for me. It was out of Exodus 3. I'll read you the second half. But it was Exodus 3.13, and it says, Then Moses said to God, Behold, I'm going to the sons of Israel, and I'll say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they might say to me, What's his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And so in that moment, I felt, I mean, literally, I felt like this big, like, who am I to go talk to these people that we're going to come pastor you? If you've ever had a call of God in your life to lead a small group, to go lead someone to Christ on the street, to pastor a church, to be a worship leader, anything, you're like, who am I? Who am I to be your chosen vessel? And how am I to tell these people? And when I read this scripture, all of a sudden, everything in me knew it was never about me I am the great I am has called us to Akron Ohio 
And what that's called is a rhema word, R-H-E-M-A. It's a Greek word, and that means it's a word spoken for a specific time or a specific place. It's the word of God comes alive in you. Oftentimes, you'll read scripture, and it's encouraging. It's, you know, it's knowledgeable. You're tying things here and there. But in a moment of time, the Holy Spirit will breathe life into that word, and you know that you know your inner man, the Spirit of God in you, will confirm. It will bear witness with what's with what's being read, with what you're reading, with what's being spoken over you. It's made alive in that moment. And that's a rhema word, a God word for you in that moment. And so I'm sitting in that service. I'm crying during the offering message. Holy Spirit's all over me. Zach's looking at me. I'm like, I've got my word. We're good. Share it with him that afternoon. It spoke to him. It bore witness with him. That night, the board happened to say, hey, has God spoken to you guys yet? And I'm thinking, I'm not telling them this. That's way too bold. And Zach's like, no, tell them the whole thing. And why? Because it was a God moment and a God time. And we knew that we knew. And I told our senior pastors when we shared the news with them, I gave them the scripture. And I said, I'll hold on to that word all the days of my life. That no matter what rocks and rolls at Celebration, no matter what rocks and rolls in Akron, Ohio, I know that God's called us to this city and to this church. And so the Holy Spirit speaks through the word of God. Um, and so one of the things that, that you and I want to do as believers to make sure that, that we have the word in us is you and I, we want to live a lifestyle of prayer and a lifestyle of Bible reading. It's very hard for God to speak to us through the word when we don't have any word in us. It's very hard for God to speak to us through the word when the word's not in us. You know, when, when, when stuff happens in life, when I feel a holy discontentment or almost a holy anger over something fleshly or natural that I'm smelling, I'm like, all right, Jesus, you, I, need you, I need you to speak to me. What is happening here? And it's almost like a Rolodex of scripture within my being, <laughs> flipping through my head, flipping through my inner man. I need your word to come in the midst of this situation. God also speaks to us through um, God-given ideas. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, and which have not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us God revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. It goes on to say, in verse 11, for who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. And so the Holy Spirit begins to reveal God-given ideas to us. You know, Oftentimes, which is one of the reasons why we, why we say we want to linger in his presence during worship. We want to linger in his presence during the altar ministry time. And when people are on the floor, God will do all sorts of things. But he not only does surgery on us, but he will begin to place creative ideas, business ideas. He'll begin to heal marriages and, and show you um, prophetically the things that God is trying to do in your life. Um, and so the Holy Spirit comes and begins to reveal the things to God that, that no man has seen, that no man has heard. And so one example um, that I have for this, you know, as a pastor, um, I, we always 
um, find ourselves in situations that are much bigger than us. If you, if you, in life, you never encounter things as a Christian bigger than you are, then you're not living a God-sized kind of life. Amen? I want to always live a life that's way past my abilities so that I can rely on the Lord. And this one particular morning, um, I get a text from this person who we had been reaching out to for a long time. And she would just shut the door in my face, shut the door in my face. And she always blamed everybody else in our life except for herself. But obviously shutting the door in my face meant that there was an issue with her as well. And so next thing you know, I, get a, I, I find out about a month before this that she could no longer blame everyone else because she just did the big sin, right? She just did the sin that was apparent to everybody. It wasn't... It wasn't um, questionable it was right in your face and so at this point I'm just like talk to you right natural Heather I, I I've tried I'm done well this morning I get a text that's it I'm done I couldn't even go to work today and I'm thinking where were you the past two years and so I'm like, okay, so sorry. How you doing? What, what, are you reading your Bible? She's like, I really, really need to talk to you today. Can I just come by the office? And I'm like thinking, Lord, I don't want to. I've been reaching out to her. I mean, now, now I'm just like mad. I'm just mad. Like, why couldn't you listen to years ago? This now you and your whole family are in a bad situation. How many of you know what I'm talking? I mean, it's a bad situation. And so, um, but I, you know, and, and naturally, you, all of us throughout the day, or maybe just me. You have to keep aligning yourself with God, right? So I'm like, okay, but I'm recognizing my natural me and is fighting this. Okay, what's your schedule like? What do you have planned? You know, blah, blah, blah. Okay, this is what I can do. So we're going to meet that afternoon. So the whole rest of the day, I'm like, you know, I'm like, we, Jesus, we got to do this. And so I'm constantly praying. I'm looking to the word of God, and I'm getting nothing for this counseling appointment. And so it's, it's time, time's up, it's showtime. She's in my office and I, it's, it's, it's showtime and I got nothing. I got nothing and I'm still kind of mad at her. So I'm like, you know what, I think I, I'm gonna go, I need to go to the restroom, would you mind giving me five minutes? So I'm going and we had a big sanctuary. So I'm like, Jesus, oh my word, Jesus. And I'm praying to the Holy Ghost, and as I opened the door to that bathroom, the Lord spoke to me. And he says, I, want, I just want you to listen, and I want you to tell her about what's the quest, heart quest. It's a week-long retreat. I was like, oh, my word, that's a great idea. That's a wonderful idea. So she sat in my office and cried. I actually cried with her. All of a sudden, I had compassion. Jesus had come on the scene. He'd given me a God-given idea. He wasn't done with her. There was still hope for her. Come on. And it given me a God idea for her. So I was able to listen to her. She cried. I cried. We prayed. I gave scripture. And I, I even said at some point, look, we tried a whole lot of stuff these past couple of years. And, and really, we are looking at a big mess. But I know who your God is. I know who your God is, and he that began the work in you is faithful to complete that work. And so I want to tell you about this retreat. I think it would be a great opportunity for you. This was an expensive ordeal. Like, I'm talking eight or $900. you got to take a week off of work. She had kids. Huh? Plus a flight. Yeah, I mean, you know. And um, 
She went that night, registered, paid for it without get, get requesting off at her job yet, all by faith, ended up getting off. They had 30 days of preparation before going, a week long out there, 30 days of follow-up afterwards. She was in my office within 24 hours of landing back in New Orleans, and I was looking at a different woman. And so in, it, you and I might find ourselves in crazy situations that we just don't know what we're doing, or whether it's with our finances, with our jobs, with spouses, with, with Christians we're reaching out to, whatever it might be. But as we continue to pursue him, as we continue to let him be the Lord of our life, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit leading us in all truth, being our guide, being our teacher, being our helper. He can begin to give us God-given ideas that in the natural we just wouldn't have had. Amen? That's good stuff. The Holy Spirit also communicates through spiritual gifts. Romans 1.11 says, For I long to see you that I may impart some spiritual gift to you that you might be established. Talking about the laying on of hands there. Isaiah 55, 12 says, For you will go out with... Oh, I love this. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 55, 12, it says, For you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into shouts of joy before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. You know, one day in 2006, I'm answering the phone. I'm an executive assistant at the church. I answer the phone. Um, Victory Fellowship, how can I help you? And I hear, Sister Heather, I've got a word for you. Yes. It was Brother Dick Mills from California. And uh, he's, a, he's a prophet, passed away now. And he began to quote this scripture out of, out of Isaiah for me. And I thought, well, I don't want to go anywhere. But I knew it was one of those rainbow words that jumped out at me that I knew was for me. And, and in that moment, I knew I'm going to leave one day. I'm leaving here one day. That was in 06. In 07, in the back room, after a service, he gave me the same scripture. And I thought, okay, here we go. And then this past year, Joe and Becky Cruz are at Victory Fellowship. We're their host pastors. Our senior pastors are out of town. We were right in the middle of the process with the board. And we go through the whole day. We're with them all day long. And next thing you know, um, the prayer line went. I mean, it was hundreds of people getting prayed for all around the altar, all through the back, the whole second, second section. And so we're like way in the back of the sanctuary, kind of like at the beginning of our foyer. And um, they come back. It's pitch black, and they're praying for us. And next thing you know, Pastor Becky starts prophesying, for you'll go out with joy. You'll be led forth with peace. And so and that is a, the spiritual gift, a word of knowledge, word of wisdom, prophetic word coming forth letting me know, confirming in my inner man what's already been spoken over my life that Brother Dick um, gave me in 2006. He gave it to me again in 2007. He didn't remember what he gave. You know how many hundreds of words he gave people? Thousands of words he gave people a year. Becky and Joe Cruz didn't find out until last two weeks ago that they even gave us this word and that it was prophetic. And so the Holy Spirit will use spiritual gifts to begin to communicate in our life. There was one other example of this, the impartation of spiritual gifts. You know, and, um, and it was mighty men and women of God. You know, I always want to make sure that the people that are speaking over my life are um, 
proven characters, proven men and women of God, that they're not just speaking out of their own self, but that they're speaking from the Spirit of God. And so this next um, example I have for you was I was um, young. I had already had uh, many visions and dreams, and I'll tell you about that in a second, um, about being in ministry. And the Lord told me he didn't call me as a businesswoman. And I began to take a step back from my business career. And I was pursuing um, loving his people. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that looked like. And the next thing you know, I'm in a worship service and a women's retreat. And I see in the middle of, I'm worshiping, my eyes are closed. And it was like those flashing lights, but it was scrolling. And I saw pastor, 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 pastor. And I thought, there's no way that's for me. Like, stop it. I just need to worship. And I couldn't stop worshiping without seeing it. And so um, I had just finished my very first 31-day fast. And so I was very bold in the Lord in my request to him. And I said, all right, Jesus, if this is you, I'm not leaving this building tonight, this very room tonight, without a woman of God in the ministry full-time confirming that you call me to pastor. Because I'm not going to worry all the days of my life whether or not you called me or I called me or I did it in myself. I just want to know that it's you, Jesus. So I go through the whole message, don't know what she preached. Then they go to the altar time. And they had us lined around the whole building, um, or the whole room. And so we were up against the wall. And so I'm in there. I, and at, this is the point where it was awesome, because I didn't even know where she was. And I'm just worshiping, I'm praying. And I'm like, Lord, I just want your heart for my life. I want your will. I want to know you. And in the middle of this communication between him and I, all of a sudden, the scrolling words came back. But as the scrolling words came back, this woman of God laid her hands on me. And so the Lord is imparting into you right now the call of God over your life. Stop doubting. He didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. And he wants you to know it's of you and that you're called. That was it. I never saw the scroll again because it was confirmed in my inner man. The woman of God, through the spiritual gifts, confirmed that God's called me. And so those are just two examples in my life of how the spiritual gifts will begin to be communicated, the things of God for me personally. The last way the Holy Spirit communicates um, that we're going to take a look at is through visions and dreams. In Acts 2.17, it speaks of the prophecy in Joel that it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see what? Visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. I posted on Facebook one time about being caught up in a vision at church, and somebody from Illinois called Zach and said, you should correct your wife. That, that's not right. We, we, we don't have those things. And he goes, no, actually, that's pretty biblical. Why don't you go look in your Bible? That's exactly what she was caught up in. And um, I had someone not too long ago here at um, Celebration come and say, hey, I've got to talk to you about something. I've been having the craziest dreams lately. For weeks, it's like they're real, but I'm dreaming. And if I get up because I'm disturbed and freaked out by them and, and, and go get some water or go to the bathroom and go back to sleep, I start dreaming exactly where I left off, and it's the same thing over and over again. Does God work like that? Does he speak to us through dreams? Yeah. Joel prophesied about it, and it was brought up again in Acts. He speaks to us in visions. He speaks to us in dreams. And so the awesome thing is this particular person um, was having dreams that she was ministering side by side with me and that she was beginning to see the Spirit of God and the things of God happen through her life. And, and for me, I can remember being born again, 
probably still smoking a little bit of marijuana, so it wasn't anything about me, right? And washing my hair, but I was reading scripture. Come on. I was reading scripture. I only did that for about two weeks after I was born again. God came and convicted me. Don't look at me like you little heathen. I was, I was bad heathen, but so were you. <laughs> and, um, I, but I wasn't, per, you know, God, I was in the sanctification process, but, but, but I was pursuing him, and, and I wanted to know, like, I went from being this sad girl that, that was so lost in life, and where do I fit in, to all of a sudden having the lover of my soul come and arrest my heart. And, and I wanted everyone that I knew, everyone that I dealt drugs to heard the gospel, let me tell you. Everyone that, that, that worked for me heard the gospel. Everybody that thought I was crazy heard the gospel. And, and I was in the word. I was in prayer. I was in worship. And I can remember washing my hair. And as I'm washing my hair, how many of you know you're taking a shower, you just, you're just chilling? Clear mind, and you get the greatest ideas. Well, God ministers to me when I'm washing my hair. And I'd be washing my hair, and all of a sudden I'd see myself speaking to girls, speaking to women. And, and that's how it began. And then I would find myself in the months and the years later dreaming um, about, about ministering and preaching and praying and teaching and leading women of all ages to the life-saving knowledge of Christ, to, the, to, the, to leading them to the fullness of the knowledge of who he is. And so very much so does God speak to us in visions and in dreams. Now, no matter how he speaks to us, it all goes back to what? The word of God. Because it also talks about in John 8, that, that the Holy Spirit will always glorify Christ, will always glorify the Father in heaven. So no matter whether it's dreams in the night, caught up in visions, in, in, in prayer, or the, the um, God-given ideas, um, spiritual gifts happening, it will all be confirmed through his word. It will all line up with his word. Amen? Isn't this encouraging? That, that, that God chooses to speak to us through the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives, speaking to us the mysteries of God, the mysteries of our life, um, and, and confirming things. Amen? So why don't you stand on your feet with me? We're going to end in a song of worship. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And we're going to close in this scripture, Romans 1.11. We read it tonight. It says, For I long to see you that I may impart some spiritual gift to you that you may be established. And if I could say to you tonight, church, I long to see you established. I long to see you established in the gifts that God has for you, that he has for you. The reason why we want people in church in, in small groups, in Sunday school, we want people on the altar, why we push it so much, is that we could impart some spiritual gift in you. That the things of God that are in you, that are dormant, would become to life. That you might fulfill the very purpose of your creation. So that you can know Him more intimately for yourself. And that you could fulfill, that there's nothing greater than fulfilling our purpose of our creation. Amen.